What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. Everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and today I got the honor of sitting down with artist, producer, TV host, motivational speaker, and all of the above, Mr. June Archer. What's going on, my man? What's going on, big bro? How you doing? I am blessed, man. I am blessed. I'm again. I'm like I've been telling you all week, man. I'm so excited to have you here. It's just you know having these conversations to get people like you on my show is just giving me more affirmation and just is I've taken this God letting me know that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. Um, so again, you know, I, I can't tell you how much this means to me. I appreciate you and everything you've done, man. So um, let's get this started, man. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. So um, the whole concept, right? And it, it, it's crazy because I'm actually coming up on a year of doing this podcast, which is congratulations. Just, thank congratulations. you, thank you, man. Uh, March 21st will officially be one full year I've been doing this, um, and it's just been getting bigger and bigger and just touching more and more people as, as every week goes by. And, and the whole reason why I started this, right. Is that I, I you know, growing up, as you know, in our community, we, we, we have a bad rep when it comes to our dads being in our lives. You know, a lot of my friends, their fathers weren't in their life for one reason or the other. Um, and I started to see the impact of what that had on them. And you see that around a neighborhood and other kids who don't have real positive male, male role models in their lives. They start to gravitate towards the street or other negative ways to kind of, learn to kind of grow up to be an adult and um you know by sitting down with men like you and sharing your knowledge and your experience i hope to give them you know uh, some people to look up to you know positive role models they can you know latch on to and connect them with people who are doing great things in their lives to show them that they can do the same thing and that there are good guys out there you know so again it is really really great having you here oh man it's a pleasure and i think what you're doing is, is very commendable uh as i see people stepping into the room uh my brother kevin henry uh, Dorothy Toran, a bunch of fathers that I know that are on here. So um, shout out to them uh, for even tuning in and checking this out. So uh, let's talk on it, man. Let's, let's let's dive in. Definitely, man. Thank you all guys for joining. So my first question to all the guys here, right, is, you know, if you had to think about it, you know, what do you think are some of the main characteristics and qualities it takes to, be, to make a good man or a good person? What are the qualities? I, I think starting with uh, knowing yourself, right? And, and it takes a while to know who you are and whose you are. And I think when you lead with integrity, you lead with some type of humility. Um, I think that that is the foundation, right? And being a man of your word sets the foundation and the tone for the characteristics that you need to be a great man and a great father, a great spouse. So I think starting with that, uh, foundationally is super important. I totally agree with you. I mean, I, finding yourself is a lot harder done, um, you know, than people think. And, and a lot of people are intimidated to take that step. And I know for myself, it took me quite a while because growing up, like I always, you know, considered myself to be a chameleon. You know, I was able to, you know, find people and kind of adapt and change to fit that situation that I was in. But a lot of times it wasn't really who I wanted to be, you know, or who I was comfortable with. And and doing that over the years so often and so many times, I started to lose myself. And, I, you know, then I started, you know, as we got older and, you know, your friends and people kind of, you know, go off into their own avenues, they have things to do, you kind of left by yourself to really sit and think. 
And I found myself asking myself, like, why am I doing this? Do I even like this? Is it who I am? Am I happy? Is it because of that situation? And really starting asking myself those questions. And that's really what, what led me to, to doing this and this enlightenment and trying to really find myself and growing comfortable with who I am as a person and what I like to do and not feeling all that judgment from outside and having to alter that. Um, and also, too, with social media, it's like uh, it's the pros and the cons, right? Because in Instagram, we, we see a lot of people's, like they say, their highlight reels, right? You know, their high mm -hmm. moments in their lives. And you start to compare yourself to those situations when it's not always, you know, peaches and cream, as we would say. And and you really have to, you start to doubt yourself. And then the other side to that, though, is that what I've also found is that you're connected to so many people. So, you know, the people around you may not like one part of you or something that you're into, but you can just hop on Facebook or Instagram and type in a search and find so many people who are like-minded in that area. And you can find your home, you know what I mean? Your, your, your village, as one would say, you could help and grow and help you, um, you know, and grow in those areas. So, you know, it's very mindful, like you said, that really understanding and knowing yourself. I think we really need to take time to ask ourselves those questions, like who I am and what I like to do and what makes me tick to help you understand how to be a great person. Uh, and also that too, a lot of guys have said the same thing, you know, integrity is very important. He said to be a man of your word, you know, and what you say you're going to do and follow through on that, especially with kids, because we all seen that too, with, with, with a lot of guys that I sat down who dads weren't around, you know, they always got that, yeah, dad's going to come pick you up this weekend. I'm going to be there to come see you. I'm going to do this. We're going to go here and all those things. And they never show up, you know, and that is, is, is traumatizing. I mean, as I said last week, even, and I watched it over and over again, the clip in, in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when his dad came and he left him there. And that whole scene that he had, with, you know, how moving, like, I can't watch that without, you know, tearing up a little bit because it's so emotional and it's the facts, you know. So those are two great points, man. So I'm, I'm glad that you're speaking on that. And also when it comes to being a great person or a great man and growing up in his life, one has to have very strong morals and things that they, you know, live by on a day-to-day -day basis. So for you, what are some of your key morals that you live by on a day-to-day -day basis? I think it goes back to just, one, being a man of your word and being true to who you are, not not having to fake the funk, right? When I look back over my journey, I've always been the same person. Anybody you may come across that has known me from day one. And when I say day one, I, I'm literally talking about uh, some of my, my people that have known me since kindergarten, first grade, uh, through high school, through college, through my, my, my years of being in the music and entertainment business. I've always remained the same person because I've always led with humanity and treating people how I wanted to be treated and just treating them with love and always leading with love. So uh, that's who I've always been, man. It, it, and it's not hard to navigate this life if you, if you remain constant in that, if that makes sense. Right? When you feel like you got to change and conform to different people or, or situations, then you're not being your, your true authentic self. And for me, as I, as I walk the earth now, I'm, I'm walking in, in my dopeness, walking in my greatness because I can because of who I'm, who I've always been. And so now it's like, all right, well, you know what? Um, there's a couple of things that you don't take with you when you try to level up, mm -hmm. right? And you realize everybody can't come, right? And that's no slight to anybody else, but when you level up, uh, yeah, Craig and them can't come with you. Uh, sometimes mom and them got to take a back seat because you're, you're getting ready to level up. And, and sometimes those things don't really work. They don't fit, right? And, and what does that mean? That means... Um, Things that may be a good look for someone else because they're kicking it with you may not be a great look for you. So you have to make sure that you know what rooms you can continue to step in and out of, who you can, you know, shake hands and kiss babies with, what what elbows you can rub with certain people. Realize um, 
you got to have a cap on certain things. Money shouldn't move you. Um, never make a decision on a hungry belly, right? But staying true to who you are. And that's that's kind of how I lead and, and live my life. No, and, and I totally understand where you're coming from as far as, because that's why I felt like the challenges for myself was growing up, you know, trying to fit in all these things and really led me to a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unhappiness because I wasn't, being my true self, you know, or wasn't being able, comfortable to do that. So, you know, uh, as I started to learn and really ask myself those questions and understand, like, it's, it's been so much better, such a relief that you can just, you know, be you and just walk out there and, and not really have to worry about what's going on there, try to impress anybody, as long as you're comfortable with yourself. And, and the more I've started to do that, the more I've seen, again, the ability to level up and making new connections with new people and the right people that need to fit in with me. And also, like you said, too, starting to understand and learn. Um, Cause me, me and my best friend, we were literally just talking about this few elbows with, you know, about who we can rub elbows with and, you know, shake hands and kiss babies, literally the exact same term we were talking about that earlier today. Um, so it's just, it's just funny that it comes up here, but it, it's true. Great minds think alike. Right. And, and it's nothing like you said to your childhood friends and stuff like that about, you know, when you're growing up and changing, you know, you got to evolve and you can't, you can't let those things hold you back or, or again, you know, lead you in the right thing. Because, again, what, what you want as in your life to be successful is not the same thing as all the people around you. you know right. I mean? But here's, here's, the thing, here's the thing, too. Uh, you have to kind of instill some – have some absolutes, right? Mm -hmm. For people who are watching tonight, uh, have some absolutes. What does that mean? If you're going to make decisions on when to level up or when to, to make a lateral move or – people that are offering you things as you level up, install some absolutes in there. Like, I absolutely won't do this just because you offer me this. Or I absolutely, if I take this opportunity, these are the things I have to have. Or these are the things that I, I need in order to continue to grow and develop. Or these are the people that I want and need around me. So make sure that you always have absolutes in place for every situation that you encounter. That is how you continue to be who you are. And it depends on who's in your village and who's in what I call your winner circle. Uh, so when you have that circle, there's certain things that I just I just can't bring myself to do because I'm always a, I'm always in fear of the people who know me, who will be honest with me, will say, man, June, that wasn't a good look. Mm -hmm. um, nah, I don't even like how you're moving in that space. Or I, I don't even like how you you're talking. Because these are the people that know, like, it is an embarrassment, not to them, but to yourself that you're right. acting like this. Because you know you have to face them at some point. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, I don't want to let these people down. I want to. I don't want to disappoint these people. So make sure that you have those people in your circle that are not yes men or yes women uh, that will allow you to grow and develop. Even when you level up, they'll never tell you that you changed. They'll just tell you that they've seen your growth and development and how you're making moves. Those are the people that you around, they, that you want around you. Yeah, and like you said, when you find them, you definitely got to hold on to them. You know, I'm, I'm glad, like I said, my, my boy that I was with today, like, he, that's my brother, man. Yeah, I've known him since since the first grade. And and that's one of the beauty about our relationships is that, you know, we, we are definitely moving in things that we want to do in life. But when we come together and we talk, you know, it's always keeping it real and honest with each other. Like you said, you know what I mean? Like, here's what I think you should, you know, here's what I think happened with you. Or, you know, or here's what, how that made me feel and seem because they know you, who you are at your core. You know, and I like with him, it, it's why again he's been my brother for so many years is because i'm completely open with him and honest so you've seen the good the bad the ugly and all those things in between so he knows exactly who i am at my core you know so when things are off like that he's quick to be like yo listen 
you know, get back in line, step quick. Like that's not who you are. That's not what you're about. And it, it's great to have that support because, you, you know, I, I've always wanted a, a brother. Like I said, growing up, and I do have a brother. He's my half brother, but he lived in Puerto Rico with his mom, so we didn't really get to spend that time with each other. So, you know, having him in my life is that's that's the important male bond connection that you have somebody that's similar and really helping you and wanting the best for you. Um, and my dad being here was great, but he wasn't as hands on. You know, he was in the home, and and he I kind of had to watch his moves to learn. Um, and when I got older, we started having those conversations. And as I got older, we started really having a, a better bond and a bigger connection. So he has a very important part of my life. Um, and for you, with your, with your dad, what was your relationship with your father like? Well, my dad uh, is an immigrant from Jamaica. And uh, anyone who has a West Indian parent, especially a dad, uh, you understand that they don't, they don't do a lot of talking. They, their expression of love and everything comes from action, right? So you learn hard work, dedication, uh, wanting to go out and get it by just seeing him do it day in and day out, uh, tirelessly, endlessly. Uh, so we never had those conversations uh, growing up. I just saw his examples. Uh, it is now, as he's getting older, that you know, we have these talks, but it's more so me pouring in about what I'm doing, what I plan on doing, and him just kind of, you know, shooting a gem here and there. Uh, but the conversation is, is um, it's still the same. It's not. They just West Indian parents. They came here, work hard, take the opportunity, mm -hmm. and create a family. Give your kids the opportunity, and that's kind of what I learned. But Jamaican Jamaican men, at least the old school, uh, they didn't talk much, bro. They they, you know, you had a good time with them, mm -hmm. and you learned some things. You learned how to become a man, but they kind of led with it by example. And that was my dad and my uncles and and you know, my play uncles, like that's what you learn. Um, but it's always best to learn by example because guess what? When your children see what you do, they see it way before they hear it. Mm -hmm. Now you could tell them to you're blue in the face, right? But the motto to me is 100% honest. I could show you better than I could tell you. Yeah. All the time, right? I could tell you how, I could tell you how great I am, bro. But if you see me in my greatness, you see me walking in my dopeness, you see me doing what I do, making my magic happen, you're going to be like, wow. Like, he talks to talk, he walks to walk. If I tell you I'm a man of my word, right, it's one thing then to show you that I'm a man of my word. And then that's where you actually will see how much integrity and how much my word is bond by seeing through my actions. And I, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Like I said, my dad wasn't, you know, we, we had, you know, emotional conversations here and there, but I've learned a lot by watching. Like three of the things that really stick out to me for my dad is, you know, number one is, you know, growing up, my dad was always, uh, I guess you say like a recluse, you know what I mean? Like he was always up in his room. He didn't really socialize with a lot of people like that. When he did, he had a good time and he was able to, you know, lighten up and, and have his moments, but it, it was very limited, you know? So it was, uh, it, we always joke around, but, you know, if my dad were to, like, show up or leave the house or go somewhere, like, it's like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a miracle, you know what I mean? Um, and people started looking at it like, oh, he's antisocial or, you know, he's this, this, that, and kind of planning these things. But as I started growing older and understanding is that what I really understood from my dad by doing that is that he knew that not everybody was worth his time. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's true. And when you know that, you know exactly when – I just said it earlier. Yeah. You know which rooms to step into. And you know which rooms to intentionally step into and then step out, right? There's plenty mm -hmm. of events that I've been to being in the music and television business. And you're like, yo, I'm going to go to this event, shake hands, kiss babies, or be intentional who I need to meet. You kind of navigate the room, you see, and you're out. 
Like, I don't need to be here all night. Like, this, this is really not my crowd. I came here to make a connection, a bond, uh, solidify a relationship, um, and then you keep it moving, right? But it seems to me that your father was like, he knew a couple of things. When you see crazy cross the street, um, yeah. also, this may not be my cup of tea. And I know who I am, and I don't have to always be in each room just because, right? And when you have that, you don't, it goes back to what we just talked about, is knowing who you are, right? And whose you are, right? So when you know, listen, nah, this is not my thing. Like, I'm cool. Like, you don't have to be in every room. You don't have to be in every party, every club, every, every circle. You can navigate it as it benefits you. Or only when you see that you could be a benefit to the situation, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, kudos to your dad. Like he, he knew. Like I know my place, and not in a negative way. Like, right? No, nah, right. I'm cool. I'm a, I'm gonna be home with my family. Just family time. I'm just gonna be chilling. Like he could be up in his room reading, writing a book. He could be whatever. That's on him because he realized you have to be very protective of your energy and your space. Mm-hmm. Right, and those negative things latch on to you. The devil's always hard at work. So if you're out there and you you're carrying on with folks and you you're taking on certain energies, um, that wears on you, bro. That 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 does something to you. Sometimes you don't immediately see it, but you're like, man, why do I feel so negative? Why do I feel so right? So when you go into a room, it's all positive. It's like you're always great. But what about when the snakes in the room and, and and the devil's trying to get at you and Oh man, listen! Oh, he got this is one year anniversary of his show. Man, whatever. Well, that's a that's a huge thing. But now you're taking like, man, well, it's only got a year, and oh, but this person got ten years in the game. It's fifteen, and you feel like, man, I didn't really need that energy. Like a year is a is a is a big thing, right? Because guess what? There are people who talk about doing a podcast or the show, talk about doing what you're doing right now, and they never get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. All right. So the mere fact that you got one year under your belt, guess what? I I I, am, I invite you to continue to keep going. The next time we talk, it's going to be two years. And, and two years after that, it's going to be five years. Don't ever stop. But keep your horse blinders on and understand it. You got to kind of navigate and move, stick and move to keep away from these energies. I think that's what your dad was doing. He kind of knew. Yeah. I know when I need to go out. I know when I need to poke my head in, double dutch. And do all these things. Yeah, no, and 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 like I said, that that was one of the one of the three key things that he showed me, which I I, I was so proud that I was able to pick up and 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 learn that and being open minded enough to try to understand that because a lot of people would just shut him out. Like I said, a lot of people was like, "Oh, he's antisocial and just moved it on." But why is he doing that? Like I was always questioning and trying to understand. So when I realized that, I was like, you know what? That that's how I got to be in my life. You know, so so mm-hmm. so that was one of the key things. The other thing is that my my dad, being the way he is too, like. He will give. He will literally give you the shirt off his back. You know what I mean, mm. like he was such a giving person to the people that it mattered to. Because again, like he right. understood where circles and you know where to go and how much to extend himself. You know, and then you know also also too, I've seen him many times where he where you know he may have overextended himself, but he saw what he did and he corrected himself. And then I seen him move in the opposite direction. You know, so so it was really again just watching him and understanding. So so that again, like being a kind and giving person. Um, and one of the things that, that it's, it's just about like being kind, but you know, growing up, I lived in a little cul-de-sac, right. And, um, there was about, uh, 12 house, 12 houses connected, um, all by like the same walkway. So in the winter, I would notice that my dad would be shoveling, you know, from the neighbor across from us all the way to the front to the parking lot. And he would shovel the mm-hmm. whole way. 
Um, and I've seen him doing this for quite some time and all these things. And then one day I'm like, Dad, why are you going on? Why are you going on lecture? Like, why are you plowing all that stuff? And he looked at me and said, listen, you and I both know that she has a lot of medical issues. And the EMS mm. and all the people are always coming over here 24-7 for her. Now, what happens if there's an emergency? How are they going to get to her? How is she going to get out? And I was like, damn. The very next snowstorm, I went out with all my boys and we shoveled everybody's drive. And, we do, and I do this to this day. Like, where I live right now is a three-flaming home. When it starts to snow, from upstairs all the way, I shovel everything. I clear everything else over that because I think about what my dad said. If there's an emergency, how are these people going to get out? Right. You That's know, dope. So, so, so that those are those are things that that I've learned watching my dad and understanding. Now, like you said, you know, your dad wasn't much of a talker. You like, like watched him a lot. What is something that you think that that you really learned from him, or you take away from him? Uh, one of the key things I learned um, from him was how he made people feel uh, in their presence and also in their absence. Um, he is a very giving person, uh, just like you said. Your dad give shut off his back. My dad was the same way, but. What I learned from him early, and this is a credit to him and my mom, uh, one of the things that they instilled in uh, me and my brother was to learn how to live good with people, right? What does that mean? That means when you come across someone, I don't care if they're at the front desk, if they're mopping, if they're executive, if they're executive assistant, if they're CEO, you treat everybody the same because you never know when that individual is going to level up and you may have to work with or answer to that individual. So for me, it was learning from my dad was just, man, I love the way when when he walks in a room, he lights up the room, people navigate towards him. And for me, it was, how how do you do that? Like, why why does that happen? Because if everybody sees you, they're like, man, that's such and such, and this is my interaction with him, and he's done this. And you're not doing it because you want people to give you the accolades. But one of the things I, I, I learned was when it's all said and done, bro, when it's all said and done, you want to leave a legacy that when you are being laid to rest and your wife and your children happen to be in the front row, that people, when they procession and walk across and see your cast and say that their last goodbyes, that they walk by your family and they don't talk about, oh man, let me tell you how much money your dad had or the, or the nice cars he had or how he dressed fly. I want my children, my wife to to hear, man, your dad was an amazing person and he was a blessing to me. That's what you want to hear. All these other things don't matter. The car, the house, the clothes, all of those things are a means to an end. And what what does that end? That means, man, you remember that car that we had? You know, when I when I first got it, we, we would drive to New York and we go to the one twenty fifth uh uh fish fish house and we we go to the Apollo Theater. It's the memories that you create with those things. Right. 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 They give you but those things are just that things. They're not gonna make you happy. They're not gonna make you happy. How did you make people feel at the end of the day? And what will they say about how you made them feel when that when that that last day to talk about how you made a mark? How how how's that going? And that's 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 what you want. And and I believe that wholeheartedly, man. Like my my what I tell everybody and something that 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 motivates me on a, on a day in day out basis is, I have the biggest fear of being forgotten, right? Mm. Like I don't want to walk through this life and not leave an impact on somebody, you know, or, or or anything. So that that was like again part of the birth of this podcast, and you know, I having kids of my own to help them continue that legacy of being kind of people, being caring, being 
you know, loving because I, I believe that too, man. The only way we're going to be able to change this world is by by giving everybody love. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what, what people are going through, the hardships, the pain. And, and it's so surprising to me, and 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 I and I feel happy and sad at the same time when I do a kind gesture for somebody, and they're taken back. Like, wait, what? Like, because you know what I mean? Like, right. it's an oddity to be nice nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's such a rarity. And, and like you were saying about like the incident means, like I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and he said something to me that that again also stuck out. He was like, you know, when we die on our tombstone, it has an end date and a start date. But the only people who are gonna, the only thing that people want to talk about is that dash, the thing in between, what happened. And I was like, wow, like you know, because it's true. And and that that's what like I said, I I I I learned so much. My my idols is like that: Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa. These people who were just caring and giving and wanted to see their fellow man do good. You know that that is one of my biggest things. If I can help somebody else succeed in something or reach a goal or, or you know face a fear, overcome something, that that's where I feel you know the my my happiest. You know, everybody looks at me, and, I, and I, there there was days, too, growing up where, well, like I said this with my friends, is that I wouldn't answer my phone to nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I would just take mm -hmm. this day, I'd go out by myself, get in my car, just drive around, and just do random good deeds for people. Just, you know what I mean? The little kid in the store trying to buy some snacks. I mean, like, I, I buy your snacks. Put that in your piggy bank. You know what I mean? Like, you need it here, here. Take this. You know what I mean? Like, or a kind word, sitting down and have a conversation with a stranger at the park, you know, because they're sitting there by lonely. And, and, and how much that meant to them. And I always said I always do it for two reasons, you know, well, I always did it for selfish reasons because it made me feel so good, you know, knowing that I bought this person a little bit of joy, that I made him smile today, you know, and they can carry that on and then pass it to the next person. So so that is, what, like I said, my for me, my biggest motivation is is living a life and being forgotten is is, is my biggest fear, you know, and, and that's what I want to teach my kids is how to be kind, how to be loving, how to be unique and caring individuals to the world because the more, like I said, the more people we have with, with love and giving genuine love out, is how we're gonna change these things. Now, now for you, um, you know, do you have any kids, June? Yeah, I have two, two young kids. So, yeah. what is something that for you is important that that you are, are consciously trying to instill in them as they as they're growing up? Uh, a few things, and it's it's no different than what my parents do. Like when you navigate this world and you meet people, uh, one, if you're shaking their hand, look them in the eye, mm. right? When you have the opportunity to tell somebody that you care about them, tell them that you love them because it may be the last opportunity that you have to do so. Um, and when you treat people the way you want to be treated, you never have to watch your back. You never have to worry about losing sleep. You never have to worry about who's going to do what to you or, or say something to you because guess what? You've always treated people right, right? Mm -hmm. You've always led with with grace. You've always led with mercy. Exactly, Dorothy. Um, so when you do those things, um, it comes back a hundredfold, right? But here's, here's the piece, piece that I, I want to share. And I hope people get this. Uh, every, we're a brand. Everybody is a brand, right? And depending on where you are in the journey, you represent more than one brand, right? So when you step out, when I step out of this house, uh, the brand is Archer. Yes. However, the brand is also, if someone sees me and they say, man, are you such and such a son? I'm part of that brand. Are you such and such as grandson? That's another brand, right? Are you such and such as father? Are you such and such as husband? That's five different brands, and you have to represent each brand respectively. So mm -hmm. when you walk out that door, yeah, you know, I'm June Archer, and that's a brand in and of itself. 
but you're connected to all these brands that you have to make sure that you represent them to the fullest because the worst thing that can happen is another conversation happens. They go, oh, isn't that what you call son? Yeah, he acting crazy. Oh, did you hear him cussing and carrying on? Oh, that's such, is that, what's his face, his father? Oh, I know that's not her husband. Oh, he out in these streets acting crazy. Those are different brands. So if you misrepresent the brand, what does that say about your character and your integrity? Absolutely. Right? So you have to walk with purpose and you got to walk intentionally. You know, so I always teach them when you leave here, you are your individual self, but you represent the brand. Don't disrespect the brand. Ever disrespect the brand. And we're not perfect, but when you go out, try to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Try to treat people the way you want to be treated. It'll come back a hundredfold. And if it doesn't, you're not doing it because of that. But you will be blessed exponentially at some point when you probably least realize it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of guys, what, one of the first times I heard that I was doing an interview, one of my friends, his name is um, Samuel Singletary, right? And I asked him these questions about that things that are important to him. And he the first thing, one of the first things he said was my name. My name mm. means so much to me. And and because of those reasons, like you said, you know, it's so powerful. That's people connect you to who you are and your family, your heritage, your background, and the type of person that, that you know, you're going to be. You know, I watch a show a lot of times. It's uh, called Red Dwarf. Um, so it's a British show. But, um, you know, like they say, one of the guys' name is Arnold Judas Rimmer. You know, and he's just like so sly and he's just like always looking out for himself. And, and, and they play a lot on the name Judas. And that's what you're saying. Like, it's a brand. It's a name, right? People hear that. And that's what they so automatically. You know what I mean? They don't know you as a person. They hear the name. They're like, they already start making pre-assumptions. Right. You know, right. so I think it's very, very important, like you said, really to to be that kind of person like it's it's a, speaking like you know doing good deeds and, and like the brand right? i remember i was going out to um i was working at this uh, gym you know doing sales and i was at the cvs one time and this uh you know i was wearing my slacks and a shirt you know looking you know presentable and stuff and this little old lady comes and she says you know do you do you have cell phones so I, I was a little bit confused but i pulled out my cell phone and i handed it to her and she was like oh no i don't need to use it i just i just needed to, I, I don't know if you sold them here i was like oh i don't work here she's like you're just gonna give me your phone to use i was like yeah she says, you know what? Your mother raised you right. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like all the things about the brand, you know what I mean? And seeing that who you are and just, just holding that. And, and that meant, you know, so much to me. And just knowing again that, I, that I'm just really living my purpose and being a kind and caring person and, and just catching people off guard with this kindness, you know? And, and I think it goes a long way, right? You do it because almost selfishly because it makes you feel good, right? The random right. act of kindness. And I've never talked about this. I'm, I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this. One of the two things I used to do, um, I had a friend who had a a hair salon, a friend Yolanda. Uh, and Yolanda had this this hair salon. Uh, she's a high school friend of mine, childhood friend of mine. Uh, to this day, we're still cool. This had to be almost maybe 20 years ago. And I would, like, drive around sometimes. It's like chilling on the weekend. And I would grab, I would go to the store and grab, like, 20 uh, blow pops, Right? And I would go to the hair salon to visit her, and I would give everyone that was doing hair in the hair salon a blow pop or some candy, and I would give it to the people that were getting their hair done. I'm sitting there just talking. And I saw, like, years later, people were like, aren't you Yolanda's friend? used to come in and, and give the blow. That was so But they, they saw how you treated people, how you made people feel, how people lit up. And even to this day, she, she'll tell you, oh, man, I... Some of the best days when we used to come and just have a conversation, you would 
drop off uh, a blow pop or a drop. I would go out and get carnations sometimes, uh, even when I was working in corporate America, and just give them to people, you know, in the office. Like, oh, here's a carnation. Here's a carnation to the ladies. Like, just because, because it's going to make them smile. It makes the day go by faster. It, it makes it makes that week feel like you're walking on air, right? But it's just a simple gesture just to say, hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you. Like, I love you. I I, I want to see you do well. I want to see you continue to smile, right? So Absolutely. if you ever have the opportunity to make anybody feel good or make them feel loved, make them feel like they have purpose, just do a random act of kindness. It could be a text message, bro. It could be a text message. It could be a phone call. It could be a letter. It could just go to CVS and get a little 20-pack of thank you cards or I'm thinking about you cards. Right, and just write it a quick note and, and send it to him. It makes all the difference in the world. Shout out to my man Amadeus. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I believe that hard, and and it, it's it's so ingrained in the person that I am now. Just you know, being kind of trying to uplift people. So you know, I'm, I'm you know, I work now um, back in corporate America a little bit, and uh, you know, all my coworkers, everything's right now is via Zoom meeting and all those stuff. So I haven't really met any of them face to face just yet. You know, and um, you know, one of my coworkers, you know, she she just struggling because it's new a whole new to her you know and she was like oh i don't she messaged me and so i was like you know i don't want to let the crazy black lady and all these things and you know kind of really kind of you know beating herself up a little bit and i just shared her some word of encouragement you know just like hey you know god do what's best for you and you know don't be ashamed of asking questions all these things and really just again because i want to i want you to succeed i want you to be you know successful right. in this avenue um and, and and then she hit me which like it made me feel so good but she was like man your kids are so lucky to have you and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, if this, if that's how you talk to a coworker, somebody you barely even know, I can't imagine what you're pouring into your kids. And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it, 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 it really touched me and just made me feel so good. And it's like, you know, I gotta keep being this person I am. Like, I love who I am as a person. You know, it just made me. But well, that's important. That's important. A lot of people. My my sister Dorothy's on here. My brother Amadeus is on here. These two individuals, I have to tell you. Uh, love, they love who they are unapologetically. And that lights me up inside. And it allows me to say, man, shoot, I, I'm that, I want to be that too. There's never a day that Amadeus is not big in, letting people know, like, I'm, I'm great. I'm amazing. I'm a beautiful human being. Same thing with Dorothy. And she instills that in, well, one of her daughters that I've met, she, her daughter lights up like you can see it in her eyes how how dope she is. Um, quiet fires on here, my sister. Um, she is another human being, and I just want to shout them out because this is part of my village. Mm -hmm. um, and quiet fire, you you know who you are. Um, she is unapologetically dope as well. Uh, a woman who is doing her thing, and when you see those things, you know I said it earlier. If you have that winter circle around you, you have that village around you. How can you not be great? How can you not want to be great? How can you not want to give back? How can you not want to love people? How can you not want to tell people that you love them? Right? It's super important. Um, and as men, we have to do that now more than ever because guess yes. what? Our young black boys are being killed. Our young black boys are killing themselves. Our young black boys are confused. So if they mm -hmm. don't see the Jay-Zs in their own community, looking at Jay-Z on television is going to do them absolutely no good. Mm -hmm. They need to see men who look like them in their communities with a belt around their waist, their pants around their waist, a shirt and tie when it's appropriate, and speaking to women like we got some kind of sense. 
Absolutely. It's important to treat them like the, the queens of y'all, to treat them like the backbone and the pillars of our communities that they have been from the beginning of time. So we need our young people, especially our young men, our men of color, to walk in their dopeness. But how are they going to do that? We have to be that example, right? We have to show them. Those of us who have children or, or, or young black boys, we have to show them because now we're going to lose them. We're, we're losing them to to the streets. We're losing to Absolutely. certain genres of music because we're not telling them that you got to separate the entertainment from 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 real life, right? You, you got to separate what you've seen on television with real life. Some of these things, it's entertainment. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. But if we're not there in these households, if we're not there as an uncle, if we're not there as a friend or a mentor, then what are we really doing? Because we're going to keep losing these young boys. We can't afford to lose these young boys because we need more doctors. We need more lawyers. We need more bl black and brown teachers in our school system because that's where it starts. Because we need these young kids, especially these boys, to see black and brown faces in their classrooms. Why is that important? Let me tell you why. When you look at a subset of kids, right, in school, and, uh, and there's no disrespect to our white counterparts. There's no, I, I have white friends that I love. I grew up with it, my peoples. But when you have predominantly white administrators and teachers in a school and they see five or six black and brown boys over in the corner and it sounds like they're squabbling, the first reaction is you guys go to the principal's office, break it up. But let me tell you the difference. A teacher of color walks over there and guess what his response is? His response is, what are y'all talking about over here? Why are y'all trying to compare LeBron James to Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant to Michael Jordan? Y'all are crazy. We, listen, why don't we wait till lunchtime and we're going to talk about this. We can hammer it out and we can discuss this whole thing. Because guess what? They weren't arguing. They're right. doing what young black and brown boys do. They're playing the dozens or they're like, no, nah, man, th this guy's better. Than oh, you see how he dunked on him? But all this movement looked like they're trying to get in. They're trying to get some. They're not. They're just talking because they're talking with their hands. But an educator that looks like them, that understands the culture, could go over there and say, all right, Amadeus, all right, June, all right, Dorothy, break it up. We're not going to talk about the Grammys and what happened on the Grammys last night and who had the best performance. We're going to talk about that at recess, and we're going to talk about that at lunch. Matter of fact, when you come to my class, I'm going to give you five minutes. We're going we gonna to hash that out because I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody better than Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ain't nobody better than Luther. Be right? Because now that right, educator right. is coming from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Even if they like Cardi B and, and, and all these, oh, I like Cardi B. Well, well tell me why y'all like her. Tell me what's the difference between her and Nicki Minaj. You can have that conversation. But an educator that doesn't look like them, that is not for, familiar with the culture, is going to look at it differently. So now everybody got to go to the principals so we can figure out what was going on. There was nothing going on. They all love music. So give them a platform to discuss it. Why don't you create a podcast so they can, they can have their own podcast so they can have a debate on who had the better performance on the BET Awards or who, who did best in, in the NBA Finals. Why can't we do that? But we can't do that if, one, the white counterparts or those teachers that are not of color if they don't embrace the culture, then we need teachers and educators and administrators that look like them to understand 
when they're having these conversations, when they're having these problems, if they're going through mental health situations, that they understand it because the life of someone living in the suburb is different than someone living in, in, in the hood or in the projects. So you don't know that they're not. They come into school and they're already hungry. They didn't even eat last night. They didn't eat breakfast this morning. Right, so, yeah, that's right. why they're sleeping in, in class. It's not that they're uninterested. It's not that they're not smart. Man, but I had to take care of my little sister. Mm-hmm. I had to take care of my little brother. I had to take care of my mom. I had, I had to go find my mom because I had to come to school. And I'm tired. Man, I had to work this job. And I'm trying to play the sport. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be nice with the drums, and me and my, my boys got a band. Well, I'm rapping. I was in the studio. That's why I'm tired. It's not because I'm not interested in school. It's not that I don't want to do well. Right. But if you don't have the opportunity to, to pour into them, to think about the mental health piece, man, we're going to lose these baby. We're going to lose these young people. Because trust me, they want to go get it. But they need the GPS system that we have in us, right? So what does that mean? When you provide a GPS system for our young people, you're giving them exactly what Waze and GPS does. You're showing them the way to get through an obstacle, get around a roadblock, beat through the traffic, take a turn here, take a turn there, how to get there on time, how to get there in less time. But if we don't give it to them, they're in a place where their mental health is in jeopardy. But if we become these GPS systems and we become the lighthouse, then they can navigate the waters. They could navigate the storm because we've been there before. But a lot of us are so tied up that we, we don't want to be transparent. We don't want to tell them that we failed. We want to give them the highlight reel on, on social media. And it's not always about that. If you're going to give the highlight reel, give everything that led up to that highlight reel. Man, this is what I had to go through. This is what I had to endure. This is what I've been through in terms of my friends. This is what I've been through in terms of my family. Because it ain't always sweet. But give them the steps so they can say, man, I'm going through the same thing. I saw what this person did. Right? I'm going to put my man Amadeus out, out, out there. He's been through so much. He's been on top. But he comes from the Bronx where, you know, he wasn't supposed to make it out. He's a, he's a, a, a child of, of the church. Right? So he's not even supposed to do secular music. He's going on in all the stages all across the country. He's been... I don't even know how many countries. And he just dropped a book. Why is that important? Because he felt at one time he wasn't going to make it. He didn't, he didn't have that support system, right? But he knew that he was going to be great, but he was given an opportunity. But he know who he is and he knows whose he is. And that's important. That's super important. But if we don't give him the opportunity to platform, then he wouldn't become a drummer. And he wouldn't be drumming with Trey songs. And he wouldn't be producing music I can't even name the amount of people he's produced for. Talib Kweli, Fabulous, Jim Jones, Chris Brown, right? If you don't give, show them the way. And for our little black and brown girls, my mm-hmm. sister, I'm just going to call her Quiet Fire, right? Um, she has been on tour with so many people. She has traveled the world. If you don't allow our young black and brown girls to know how great they are to walk in their black and brown girl magic, to let them know that they are they they have equality in what they're doing, that that we need them uh, at the table, we need them at the head of the table, we need them to 
to, to not only sit at the table, but to bring other black and brown girls, to let them travel the country, let them be presidents and vice presidents of these organizations and companies, because we need them. They are nurturers, but they are leaders as well. Mm-hmm. And when I see my sister, and she's been on tour with just about anybody you can imagine, from new school artists to old school artists, and to see her make her magic happen, uh, it warms my heart because I have a daughter and I want her to see these same images. So I want to bring her around women who are doing amazing, great things. When I do my interviews, I always like to, hey, can you shout my, my son and my daughter out? Because I want them to see, because they see you on television. They hear your music. I need you to give them a, a message, a, a word of encouragement, because I want them to know, yeah, you may be at this status, right? You may be the celebrity, but you're a real person of giving real gems, giving them real advice, and they can see, man, wow, this per- my dad's talking to this person, so they got to be somebody, because he wouldn't just allow yeah. anybody to, to drop some words on us. But they could see how they're making their magic happen and changing the world around them while they're walking in the world. That's, a, that's amazing. When I, see, when I see Quiet Fire in her element, man, it's amazing. When I see Dorothy in her element, amazing. When I see Amadeus on that stage drumming, amazing and it allows me to continue to be great because these are my friends and they want to see me do well but i want to do well too because i want them to be proud of me just as much as i'm proud of them right so if this thing is cyclical and 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 you just it's infested in you that man they're doing good i gotta do good right i'm doing good they gotta do good and you continue to build each other up right um shoot Uh, i want to shout out kenny green and makita um, two individuals, husband and wife, they're doing amazing things. So that allows me to say, man, I want my wife and I to continue to do great things. We're, we're in our communities, sleeves up, hands and knees, getting it in, being 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 as transparent as we can, touching touching people uh, and and healing people by just our presence and and giving and philanthropy. Like if you don't do that, how do you make your community better? Right now, we're going through a lot. Absolutely. We're going through a lot mentally. Uh, people are breaking up. People are getting a divorce. They're separating. Why? People are losing friendships over politics, over money. We got to do better than that. We got to do better than that. You got to surround yourself with not just like-minded people, but people that have the same beliefs, the same foundation that you do. And when you do that, what kind of community do you have after that? I mean, it's just so diverse. It's so huge. And and, and that's, like I said, why, why I sit down and talk to so many people and, and all these different backgrounds because, like I, like I said too, man, it's impossible for one person to go through every single experience in life. This is never going to happen. You know, but if you surround yourself with people and, and leave yourself, you know, an open mind to understand where they're coming from and really want to learn and listen, you will better yourself as an individual because now you have more perspective. You have a news perspective. You have something mm-hmm. else to kind of like, you know, help expand your mind to things that you never thought possible. You know, I know it's, 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 it's going back to myself growing up, right? When I was young, I, you know, I lived in the hood too and in the ghetto and I had one of my friends, he was a white kid, lived up in North Stanford, you know, up in the suburbs. And I would go to his house and I remember going to his house for the first time um, and having dinner and how they all sat down at the table and they all had parts set on the table and pouring a glass of milk and, you know, and the dad just sitting there like, you know, how was your day? What did you do today? How, and he involved me into that conversation. And I was just like, this happens? Like I didn't like real like you know what I mean like I, I would just get my clothes in my room like, yeah just close the door like I'm like what you know so it it was just you know 
sharing that. And that's something that now that as I'm older, and like you said, having a good partner, like with my wife, which is she's an, an amazing, you know, counterpart with me. You know what I mean? That like we, we have the, the beauty. What I love about it is that we're, we're, we have a lot in common, but we're also so different. You know, we're just like adopted at ends of things. So we kind of give our kids a, 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 wide, a very large spectrum of how to look at things and circumstances and stuff. But, you know, we have those things together. We sit down at the table. We ask them what's going on. How would they talk to me? Like, we're going to sit here and converse and really build that relationship and understand and help you grow. And it's because I've associated with different people from different walks of life and different understandings to understand, you know, what I wanted to do and how I'm going to help and grow and develop my kids and, and how I'm going to train them and teach them how to be loving. You know, and, and to go back, like you said, with with, your, with Amadeus and Choir and all them, like being so sure and loving and speaking to them, like for me, I, I've been through that. I've been through a lot of depression. You know, I, I've overcame my depression a couple of years ago and trying to keep continue to work on out of my mental health and anxiety and stuff because I've I've I've, I've, I've attempted suicide a couple of times. You know, I mean, because of the stress of just feeling like overwhelmed and that I was that I didn't have any value in this world. You know, and and, and a big part of that was because I never allowed myself or others to talk good about me because I felt it was being conceited and I felt like I was being, you know, too big for my britches and just, you know, a big shot. And, and, and I, and I, and I had so much trouble disconnecting arrogance and confidence. And I didn't understand that they were really two separate entities, but as I started to grow and like you said, asking myself these questions and understanding who I am and what are you like the people in the world, are here, if somebody's not made a decision not to like you, it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, whatever they made it. They're not going to like you. So you could walk around with confidence and go like, oh, he arrogant as hell. You know what I mean? Like you over there, you give some good deed, he just trying to come up and you know what I mean and get some attention. You know what I mean? No matter what you do, they're gonna talk you. You can't pay no attention to them, right? Right. Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. Um it's a young lady um that I I love, uh Naya Zuri. Um I grew up with her. Yeah, Anna Naya Connor. Yeah, yeah. When I tell you her spirit is exactly the spirit that I had uh, growing up. And to see the world um, that may want to tear you down or, or not want to see you win in her spirit uh, is something that I try to instill in people. Like, don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what they say about you, right? Um, it's not important because you're not doing it for them. If, mm -hmm. if, if the Most High gave you something to do, um, you do it. Whether you fail or succeed or not is not is not the thing that's in question. Uh, but her spirit, Anna's spirit, um, renewed something in me as well, right? Because when you see that people take your advice and you're like, man, I gave you this gem, but man, you're teaching me something through your behavior. It allows you to, to, to rewire yourself sometimes because as we get older, we become cynical. As we get older, we become more fearful, right? As we get older, we become more adherent to what people think and what people say. Um, yeah, we can't do that no more. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that no more. So guess what? The assignment wasn't for you. Right. The assignment wasn't given to you. It was given to me. And I don't care what you say about me. If if you really have a negative thing to say about me, it means you don't know. Mm -hmm. you talk anybody. Talk to anybody that knows me. They say, well, oh, he. You said he did something to you, like he did something wrong to you. So what, what did you do? You had to do something. Because I don't know June to, to have a mean bone in his body. Right. Not to say that I can't get it in. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think we all got to I don't. I probably have a couple of enemies. And that's cool. That, that's great. But um, don't, don't worry about what anybody's got to say. 
London, I see you, brother. I Listen see you and that. I appreciate you. Desiree, I see you. I love you. As you said that, man, it brought me back to one of my favorite quotes that I, that I came across a couple of years ago. And it goes, when you're in your 20s, you worry that everybody's talking about you. When mm. you're in your 40s, you stop caring. When you reach 60, you realize nobody was talking about you in the first place. I realized that way before 50. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, And that's what I seen. I was like, you know what? You got to do that. Because if you sit and dwell on those things, the only person that's suffering is you. That person that moved on to their next victim or it's about their life or whatever they're going to do about it, completely forgotten about you while you're sitting mm -hmm. here living in your self-pity. You know, you can't take that to heart. You know, the people who who, who matter are, are going to be there for you and support you and care for you and love you. And that's all you need to worry about. You can't please and you won't please everybody. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, the, the quicker you become comfortable with that, you know, your life will be so much easier and you'll, re you know, reduce your stress tremendously. Because you know, you're not worrying about any of those things, you know. So that's something that again I came across, and that just really made me think. And I'm like, you know what? I just got to be comfortable with who I am in my own skin. You know, I got the people that matter to me. I got my family, my wife, my son, my daughter. Uh, you know, and and, and like you said that too. Like my daughter is is. She, I, I used to, I start to realize now how much of a sponge you know the your kids are and everything that you do mm -hmm. and how you watch and all these things because, you know, perfect example. You know, she she she. Anywhere we go, you know, my daughter is a huge people person. She, she'll she talk to anybody, any place, anywhere, give everybody a hug and all those things. So she'll go out. She'll be like, hi, yeah, this is my dad. That's Freddie Fox. He has a show when he talks to people and he makes T-shirts and he sells them. So, like, she's my biggest promoter. She's watching. You know what she's I mean? She's watching. No, what really caught me, right? I was sitting here one night and I was, you know, doing some editing to one of my podcasts or whatever. My theme song is playing. And then right on cue, right behind my head, I just hear is, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Fab Freddie Fox. I'm like, yo, up. Like, hold <laughs> Wait a minute, like she's right on point on, on, the, on the one. You she's on ready cue. to be on the one, and 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 it's just like even more special because like it gives me again, like you see, somebody's watching. I don't care about yeah. that, but the most precious person is watching. I need to make sure that I lead by a good example. You know, I teach her the right path and how to do these things because she's she 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 wants to do this. You know, what I mean, she's already, she's six years old. You know, and then uh, I pull out a camera. She's like, you know, trying to do like little videos and droplets and, and all this stuff. And she's growing up with these things, you know, and, and it brings me so much joy to see, you know, that I'm doing those things. And like a couple a couple episodes ago, she was listening to this song, right, on, a, on and, um you know, by my boy Jaleel called Drift Away. That was a jam. So we was listening to that every single day or whatever. And I was, you know, I'm going to have him on my show. And I brought her down to the studio and she got to meet him and got to, you know, and it was just a life-changing experience. So now she'll be listening to songs and all these things on the radio. She's like, oh, dad, like, dad, are you going to meet him? When is he going to be on your show? And it just gives me motivation. Like, you know what? I can go out. Let me reach out to this person. Let me make this happen. Let me do these things because I wanted to show her that's as possible. I need to lead by example. One of the things too, a couple of years ago, I, I, um, I didn't, I, when I got in high school, I started college two weeks after I started high school. Huge mistake, I think. I wasn't ready mentally. Mm. I ended up making a lot of mistakes. I dropped out. I tried to re-enroll a couple of years later. I did the same thing. I dropped out again. I still wasn't mentally prepared, um, you know, but when I had my daughter, I was like, you know, I need to show her that this is possible. And I learned that from my mom, because when my mom got here, she was she didn't graduate high school, you know, and 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 for some reason, I don't know what it was like she was going to school and I don't know if it was my dad didn't want you whatever. But my mom would have to bring me to the school to night school with her so she can go to class. And one night she brought me there and she was in tears, crying. And a janitor saw her and he was like, you know, what's going on? Like, what happened? Um, and she explained to him, and she's like, listen, go to your class. Whenever you go to class, I'll be right here. You go to class, I'll watch a kid while you're in class for you. He can stay with me. I'll take care of him. And he used to walk through the gym, go to play basketball. He got me snacks from the thing. And 
the janitor, he didn't have to do that. But every day when my mom went to school, he was waiting for her at the front of the building. She would hand me off. She would go to her class and do her thing. And the funny thing is that his name was Freddie, too. And I never forget wow. that man. I never forget that man. You know what I mean? I seen him a couple years ago, and I, and I wish I could find him again because he did that for my mom so she could succeed. You know, and I got to see my mom go to night school and become successful. So I know how to turn to go to night school. So I'm going to night school and trying to get my degree because I wanted to, if my daughter wants to or not to go to college, any of my kids, but I just wanted from that it was possible. That if they, they right. could see their dad do it, I can do it too if I want. It's not impossible. You know what I mean? So I wanted to set that lesson. And also I remember too seeing one time I was going there and I seen his mom and her two sons were sitting outside the classroom on their video games and stuff like that. And she was talking to them and I stopped. I said, listen, the example you sent for your kids right now is incredible. I just want you to know that. This is going to leave a huge impact on them on what they can do. And this is so good for them to see. As a matter of fact, would you mind if I took them to the vending machine to get them some snacks so they could hold them off for here or whatever? Because that was wow. done for me. And she looked at me and you can tell, you know, she was satisfied because it's hard. It's hard. You know, and I can imagine a mother with two kids trying to go to school, trying to do better for them and seeing that and worry because as a, as a parent, you always worry if what you're doing is right. You know, you're always scared that you might be doing the wrong thing and stuff. But I wanted to reassure her that this is a powerful message that you're sending to your sons right now, that they will live for them for, for, for years to come because that was me years ago. And this is where I am now. No, that's you know? dope. That's really dope. Shout out to my man, Herbert. I ain't seen him in a minute. My man, Kev G. Um, two, another, two other amazing men um, that have uh, blessed my path uh, that I've uh, – had the opportunity to uh, cross paths with man. It's just two other men who one uh, are doing great things as fathers um, and and in their communities. Just man, this is Freddie. Man, this has been this is this is dope, man. This is really dope. Yeah, man, this is what really I love, dope. man. And really, I, like I said, the whole it. mental the whole mental health thing is, is I started a couple another show a couple weeks ago that I'm going on and on. It's called Fab with Fab, and it's mm -hmm. it's for face fears and build bonds. And the whole concept that is really to get people to get together and discuss their emotions, especially with us guys, right? Because growing up, you know, and I'm sure you know that too, you can't show an emotion. Don't you dare cry. Don't don't talk about your feelings. Don't get emotional. Don't. And that's so toxic. You know, we leave with all these things inside and, and all this self-doubt and have nowhere to express ourselves, you know, and being able to open up as, as a, I did a couple episodes a week, um, a couple weeks ago. One of my friends, he, um, his daughter passed away, right? right? She went full term and she, I guess it was some sort of situation where, you know, how your intestines are on the outside and supposed to go in as you, you know, going through, through, um, you know, uh, through, uh, pregnancy, but that didn't happen for her. So she passed away and he didn't really have anybody to talk to, you know, or express his feelings and no sadness. And again, he couldn't be sad because he had to be strong for the mom and his girl and all those things and not being here. So he, he was able to open up on our show and, the other guys that I had there didn't even realize, but they started opening up too. Like they had miscarriages in their lives and, you know, and how that affected them and impacted them too. And, and that's the whole point because, like you said, this whole, the whole mental health thing is, is huge. You know, we need to make it more, more visible. We need to talk about it more and give uh, us men an avenue to be able to express ourselves freely and get the comfort and build the bonds that we need, you know, with other individuals that have been through certain situations that we have been through and so that we don't feel so alone because, Every time we go through, we always feel alone. Like, it's always us. Like, it's, we're the only person going through it because we can't talk about it with anybody else. We're not allowed to. Right. At least we, at least we feel like we can't, right? Right, but right. once again, it's who you surround yourself with. It's, it's important, man. Like, it's – I said it the other day. Uh, I think I was talking to Kel Mitchell, and I was talking to – I love uh, him, man. <laughs> he's, he's been a good friend for, for, for many years. And, and Chris D. Lofton, who's on Power, we talked about how we have to start sharing – uh, conversations 
around mental health with our men of color, Absolutely. right? Because, yeah, when you talk about miscarriages or stillborns, it's, it weighs heavily on the woman, as it should. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that this man also was a part of the process of right. creating that child. And he's hurting as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're like, man, I got to man up. I got to be there for my wife. But then who's there for that that man? Exactly. And I realized that when I went through that, right? Wow. I, I have a brother that's on here, Keith Clayton. He has had uh, challenges with uh, his son, my nephew, right? And he's a, a, a man of integrity. He's a man that works hard at his craft as a photographer. He's a great husband. He is a great friend. He's a great brother. But there are times when he and I talk because I know what he's going through. Actually, I don't know what he's going through, right? Because we all have our own challenges. But when we're able to talk to each other and say, bro, this is what I'm going through, man. I just needed to talk. I needed to get it out. Because there's certain things that you you could say to your brother that you may not be able to say to your spouse, Mm -hmm. right? Because as much as it may hurt, um, or as much as you may want to express something that may hurt their feelings, you have to you have to get it out. Yes. So you need that brother, you need that friend. Um, and if you don't have that friend, then, then therapy might be the option. But when he and I talk, when my my friend Keith and I talk, we share stories, we laugh at the end, like, man, you're doing a great thing. This is going to make a difference in your child's life. This is going to make a difference in my children's life. I encourage you to keep going. He encourages me to keep going. We laugh at the end of the day. When you have that and you say, man, I'm not, we may have similar stories, we may not, but at least I know I'm not the only one going through it. Yeah. I know I can keep going because I know I could unpack some of this stuff on you. You understand what the struggle is just from having your own thing. But men, we have to, we have to, it's imperative. Start talking to one another. Start telling each other that we love each other. Mm-hmm. We are our own worst enemy because we feel like we can't and pride and ego is going to be the death of us if we don't share our stories to understand that man I was in that dark place I wanted to jump I wanted to pull the trigger I wanted to leave I wanted to walk out right so that when you have these conversations it's not so foreign yes right you could say man you got it me and Omari Harwood we have a great relationship based on that from losing children and a strain in the relationship, we developed a bond over that that allowed our bond with our spouses to be stronger. But if you don't talk about those things, you feel like, man, I can't tell Freddie that I was depressed. I can't tell, can't tell Keith that I was, you know, think about stepping out on my wife. I can't say that I made a baby. I can't tell Freddie that he gonna look at me right. I can't tell him I ain't got no money. Well, then who can you tell? If that's your man, forty grand, right? That's mm-hmm. your guy. You and back in the day, y'all used to go out. Y'all used to try to chase girls. Y'all used to drink. Y'all used to smoke together. There's nothing more intimate. If you smoke weed and you roll the blunt and you smoking it behind each other, it don't get no more intimate than that. So, but you can't tell them that, man. I'm feeling a little depressed. I'm feeling. I'm feeling away. Then that's not the person you you need to keep company with. That's just an associate. That's right. that's not a friend. Right. That's not a brother. And we have to, just for our own mental health and mental fitness, find those people that you can speak with. Because if you don't, we're going to be out here in a boat with no paddle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's man. not healthy. It's not healthy at all. It's not healthy at all. No, it definitely is not. And as like I said, I'm, I'm having that of the show and I'm trying to grow that more and more. 
Um, you know, as we we are ending our here, I, know I don't want to keep you too too long and everything. So again, thank you so much for being here with me and and answering these questions and sharing these. I got two last things that I want to ask you before I let you go. So out of everything you've been through, again, I, I, being being in, in in music, TV, you know, writing a book, uh, motivational speaking, all this stuff, and, and all these experiences you went through your life. Um, what do you feel has been the best piece of advice you've ever received? It's hard because I'm a people person, so I take from everybody, uh, young, old, uh, doesn't matter. Um, if I were to say the best piece of advice I've gotten is probably is probably from my parents. Learn to live good with people. That that would be the one that resonates. Uh, the most, um, and it, I'll share a few. Uh, one the other day I got from uh, Jay Holiday. I asked him, you know, what's the best piece of advice he's been given? And he said, uh, everybody can't go, right? I've asked uh, my cousin Gordon Chambers, um, who's an amazing writer and producer. You know, people are going through stuff. I asked him, like, what's the best piece of advice you can give people? He said, our ancestors have been through worse. We're going to be all right. So I take from so many people and I try to pay that forward and share that. And it becomes a, a, a fiber of myself um, and allows me to look, look at the glass half full instead of half empty. So um, it's not just one. It's, like I said, traveling this earth and speaking to as many people as you can to get as much great information and in, in feeding yourself, your mind and your body positive things and positive uh, conversations and positive interactions. Uh, absolutely. I appreciate that, man. And, and I know it's going to happen for me soon. I'm going to be on that platform and be able to go around and talk to many people and stuff. So oh, I'm definitely. just I'm, I'm keeping grinding and keeping going. Um, I see it, Freddie. I see it. I keep doing what you're doing. I, remember, I told you that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, that, don't, don't let nobody tell you nothing different. Yeah, and like you said, like keeping me in 40 grand, like, you know, like I said, my, my brother Mish, man, I shot him out too, man, my brother Mish, who, who's been there, you know, my whole life, man, I mean, and my whole life he's been by my side, and, you know, I was talking about it earlier today, and I was telling him to, I was like, yo, listen, I'm so excited about this interview tonight with June, you know what I mean, like, it's crazy how I'm starting to grow, and he said, bro, he said, he said Fana, listen, I give you nine months, nine months to a year, bro, and you're going to be everywhere, just keep grinding, you know what I mean, just keep doing your thing, so... Um, well, you know, Miss, Miss, I love you, Miss. Tell Miss I love him. Be not on here. Miss, I, I love you. Keep pouring into Freddie. You mean we need we need more of that? So, yeah, absolutely, man. And and so so lastly, like you said, everybody else is giving you advice and, and doing this. Like I said, for the for the next generation, these kids coming up and, and trying to find themselves in this world. You know, what is a piece of advice you would offer them? I want to offer young and old. Um, know who you are and whose you are, but. Find the opportunity to walk in your dopeness, in your authentic self, and be the light that you need to be to shine, but also the light that others need to see as an example of what it means to be walking in your greatness. Yeah, beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. June, thank you so much, man. It's been an honor and a pleasure to sit down with you and talk to you, man. I look forward to doing this again sometime in the future. Um, you know, yeah, you ready? Just call me. I'm all, I'm, I'm there for you, brother. No, I, I love you. I love you. I love what you're doing. My love to your beautiful bride and your children and your family during these times. And I hope to see you in the flesh, in person, so I can hug you, brother, put my arms around you, and tell you I love you. 
So I appreciate you sharing your platform with me tonight. It means a lot. Well, thank you so much. And we definitely going to make that happen. We'll definitely be in touch, man. As I tell everybody out there, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. Oh.